0: The following podcast is from Doxa Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. For more information about Doxa Church, please visit us online at www.doxachurch.org. So I'm going to start off this morning with a uh, confession to you guys. Uh, it's a little bit embarrassing to me. I, uh, to be honest, and this is 100% honesty here, uh, I probably spent more time watching internet videos than was healthy this week. Uh, You know how, like, you're on, you know, Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and you, like, you see a video, then, like, there's one just right after, right you know, there's, like, a next one right after it and right after it, and and you think, like, hey, I'm just going to watch a couple of these, and then, like, after a while, you realize, like, a lot of time has passed, and I've watched a lot of kittens and uh, a lot of, like, pranks and a lot of slips and falls and, you know, all kinds of weird things that... That I don't even know why it's there, but, but we've seen like this, I, I saw this one like real disturbing video where somebody went, have you seen this, where somebody went and opened the front door and there was a goat staring right at them at the front door as soon as you opened it. And it was like, why is that recorded? Why is that online? And why did I just watch that? And why did I turn rewind it and watch it again? I have no idea, but that's what I did. I spent way too much time. Watching internet videos this week, and I'm really kind of embarrassed about it, but in the middle of all the animals and the pranks and the slips and falls, there were a, a couple of like themed videos that stood out to me throughout this past week. And uh, one was, have you guys seen these, the, the videos where uh, you have people who are colorblind and they get these glasses that help them see colors? And the thing that stood out to me about that is like uh, every single one that you see, and there's a tons of them out there, every single one you see, it could be a, a kid, it could be a old, like I saw this one, there's like this burly man with like this big old mustache and I'm like dude that's a dude I would be afraid of but he, he comes out of this home and he puts on these glasses and he starts crying and he's like clapping like a little girl like he's so overcome with emotion and joy like you see these kids old men people of all ages and stripes who break who just have sheer unadulterated unfiltered joy at seeing color for the, like, they know color exists, but they hadn't seen it before. They see it, and they just have sheer, unadulterated, unfiltered joy. I, I've seen some other videos of these. Uh, have you seen this where the, you have a, an infant who's deaf, and they give the, the implants to the infant, and the mom's talking to the baby? And you see these little babies who are little, who are overwhelmed with emotion. They're like the baby is like smiling and crying, and his 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 chin is quivering because he's hearing his mom for the first time. Like he's seen his mom moving her mouth, but the first time he hears his mom, you see this joy of the parents and the child at this moment. And the other one is, of course, the sheer unfiltered joy of. Like the servicemen who come home and surprise their kids or their wives, right? I saw one where they had wrapped this guy in a Christmas box and the kid comes in and they say, you got an early Christmas gift and he opens it and his dad comes out and the kid's just, he's just overcome with sheer joy and emotion of the surprise of getting to see his dad. That sheer, unadulterated, unfiltered joy just kind of gets you, doesn't it? And isn't that part of what makes Christmas really fun? I mean, if you're a kid or a parent, isn't that or a grandparent or a, an uncle who likes to spoil his niece and nephew, uh, like like, isn't that part of what makes Christmas fun? Like the the sheer look of joy on a child's face when they come in or they open the present and they, and they like they're just like wow I cannot believe it! Like Christmas is full of joy and it's it's supposed to be. We we long for joy, but the problem is it kind of Passes really quickly, doesn't it? A few years ago, my son uh, begged us for this. A couple of toys, and one was this robot cat, whose eyes lit up very creepily. By the way, his eyes lit up, and it would move and make little meow sounds. And he begged us for this thing for weeks and weeks and months and months. And so. He opened this toy, and he had this sheer look of joy on his face, like, I got it. Like, you know, like as a parent, you're like, yeah, this is awesome. Literally within five minutes, the cat was broken and never worked again. It became, like, it was just, and he just moved on. It was just like a very, very expensive paperweight for a kid who doesn't need a paperweight any longer. Like, like, like that's really, it, it, Christmas joy comes, but it goes really fast, doesn't it? But yet it's intoxicated. We, we long for joy, don't we? We long for joy. We long to see and to experience things that are joyous. And what we see in this familiar passage that Tyson read for us this morning is that, that even though all these joys that we just talked about, the, the kid who can suddenly hear is a miracle, right? But in a couple of years, it's, that's going to be old hat for that kid. These people who see color for the first time, like it wows them and fills them with joy. A year from now, it won't be as big a deal and five years from now, it won't be as big a deal. This kid who welcomes his dad home, in two weeks, he's gonna be complaining because his dad's making them clean his room and eat his vegetables. Like joy comes and it goes quickly. But what this story that, that Tyson read for us this morning is telling us this here's the the great story of Christmas is the story of Christmas is how a powerful joy has come and overpowers and drives out all fear joy that drives out and overwhelms all fear and all sadness What I'm offering to you this morning, what we're gathering this morning, singing about this, the reason we have, you know, these decorations and I'm wearing this thing in front of you guys, we're celebrating Christmas, but the reason that we're celebrating is because Christmas is the story of how fear has been conquered and overwhelmed by a joy that is unfiltered and unimaginable. It's a joy that overwhelms and it over comes, and what we're going to see this morning is how the birth of Jesus was announced and who it was announced to and what it meant to them, and we're going to see what it means to us because that announcement that rang out in that dark field or that field that was once dark still rings today, and when that birth is announced, when the story has come, the announcement comes that God has come, we're going to see that glory breaks, fear cripples, and joy erupts. Glory breaks, fear cripples, and joy erupts. First of all, glory breaks. Now, honestly, preaching at Christmas is a little bit of a challenge because we all know the story, right? No matter whether you're in church most of the year or you're in here occasionally, like you know the story, especially if you just seen Charlie Brown, right? This exact passage, Linus gets up with the blanket and the light comes on and he, he like recites his whole passage and it profoundly affects Charlie Brown to some reason where they, it has something to do with a Christmas tree and I don't really understand the connection there and a light show and everybody sings at the end. And we all know the story is super familiar, right? We're, we're so familiar with it that it doesn't really shock us. But the truth is that everything about this story is shocking. Everything about the story of Christmas is absolutely and utterly shocking. An unmarried virgin, hear, hear this, an unmarried virgin has given birth to a child in a barn, or more likely a cave. And she is a bit, she's a virgin, first of all, that's like crazy. That is unlikely. She's a peasant girl from the backwoods of Israel, not what you would expect. She's been, had announced to her that this child will be the savior of the world by an angel. It is shocking her husband, who would normally put away a woman who gets married who gets pregnant before they get married, does not put her away because an angel appears to him and tells him that this is indeed the Savior of the world. And then they travel to Bethlehem, and on the road, she gives birth in a cave to a baby who is supposed to be the Son of God, surrounded by animals, all alone, utterly alone in this small town where they are not known. And then... God decides to announce the birth of the Son of God, the Savior of the world, to, of all groups, a group of shepherds, that are living out in the field. When it says, like, abiding in the field, it means like they're literally, like, they're not just hanging out at night, like, you know, kicking back a few cold ones around the, around the fire pit and, like, swapping stories. Like, they lived outside. This was, this is, this is where they lived. And, and they were constantly dirty, and they were ceremonially unclean, by Jewish standards, so that means that no Jewish person would be around or associate with a shepherd because if you're around them, then you're going to get unclean, and it's just a pain to have to go through the cleansing process again. And so these shepherds were not only unclean, they're living outside, they're separated from society, but saying of the time that like, if you had anything missing, it was probably stolen by a shepherd. And so to this group of shepherds sitting out in a field in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, an angel appears to them to announce the birth of the Son of God to this untrustworthy, unlikely, uneducated, unliked group of men out in the middle of the field. It is shocking. The most important thing to happen in history, God becoming a baby, is announced to a group of shepherds hanging out in the field, a group of outsiders who are untrustworthy. And then figuratively, we see these shepherds hanging out in the field, and they are surrounded by darkness. It is absolutely, like, I grew up in the country, I know I say this a lot, but I grew up in the country, and, and when it gets dark out there, it is dark. Like, it's like my kids have no idea. Like, there's street lights and there's, you know, like, light in the air from, like, from the sky, from the, the lights around us. They have no idea what it's like to live in the dark. Like, when the lights were out in the house, like, it was, it was, it was dark. And you go outside and you just got to, like, you hope you're not stepping on something or, a, like, a snake or, like, it is, it, is, it is crazy dark. And if it's a new moon, like, you can almost literally have your hand out in front of you and can't see you. And the shepherds were out in the feet. Out in this field, only lit by the moon and the stars, there was no other light. It is dark. And all of a sudden, can you imagine the shock? An angel appears to you out of nowhere. And not only does an angel appear to you, but it says that the glory of the, of the Lord shone around them. Now, let's not just like, we read that and we hear Linus say in our ear, right? But let's like, we're, the glory of God blinding bright light, suddenly it says surrounds them. Have you ever been outside when lightning hits and it suddenly like lights everything up? You would be like that. It says it surrounded them. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it, did it have a source and it cast shadows or did the glory just totally surround them and everything became seen and there became no shadows? I don't know. But the glory of the Lord shone and it shed, it shone around them and it says they were sore afraid? Why would they be afraid? An angel appears, well that, I mean, that makes sense, that would that would definitely scare me. I would probably have to change my pants afterwards. But the thing that I think that gets to them really is that first of all it says that the glory shone around them. Now we, we read that and that's a Christian word, right? And some of us picture one thing or another but you know what glory is? When the Bible talks about glory it means it is the It's when God goes public with his beauty, or here's what it means. It means the weight. That's really the picture of the word glory. And by the way, that's the word that that doxa comes from. The the doxa is the Greek word that, that means glory. It's actually right here in this passage. It's the weight. It is the pressure or the weight of God's character and nature. Have you ever been around somebody who had like a particular weight to them. I was uh, actually talking with Vaughn. I didn't clear the story with you. He was telling me uh, this weekend about how he met Billy Graham years ago. And he and his wife, uh, Sandra, were saying how they they met Billy Graham and how like he just had a presence around him. Like whenever he was in the room, like he just sort of commanded the room. He stood head and shoulders above everybody else. And you knew like that's Billy Graham. There's no confusing him. He had a, a weight to his presence. Ever been around somebody who had that kind of presence to them? Can you imagine what it would be like if the weight or the glory, the essence, the weight of God's glory, his character and his nature, his purity, his holiness, his goodness, his mercy, his patience, his kindness, his Holiness all of a sudden engulfed the field around you. Glory broke in to humanity, and that's the story of Christmas. That glory broke into our darkness in our world. The picture of what happened in this field is the picture of what happened when Jesus came into our darkness. All of a sudden, glory breaks in. Messias Lewis described it as that God invaded our world and why is this a big deal well you see we were made by God and we were made for God but in the very beginning Adam and Eve they sinned they turned away and all of a sudden that glory that we were made to share and enjoy forever and glorify God with that 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 glory was all of a sudden severed and we were severed from it we were separated and so what happens Before, God would come down in the middle of the the cool of the day and he would walk and talk with Adam and Eve and he shows up and all of a sudden they hide. Because that glory that they were made to enjoy forever, they've been separated from, they can't be around it. The sin has separated them, it's separated for us from the God who made us, the God who we were made for and we were made by. His majestic presence we're now severed from. God's glory comes and breaks in, it shakes things up. Because though we were made to live in communion with him and under him and enjoy him forever, the sever of sin that was that is in us by birth and by choice causes us to be separated from that glory. And so that's why we see it just makes sense, right, whenever the the, the next thing that we see happens, the glory of the Lord shone around them, verse 9, and they were filled with great fear. The wording there, the original language, like, you know, you, you might have heard Linus say they were sore afraid. The, the wording here is fear twice. So, so here's what it means. It means they feared fearily or they gr- fearily feared. They fear, they, it was double fear. I saw, I saw a, a video this week again um, of a snake in a toilet. Now, this is things of nightmares for me. There's this picture, and I don't, it, it may be a hoax, but just stick with me or not. But it was the, it, they showed this, this snake head poking out of the, of the hole of the toilet and you see this man trying to catch the snake with this little snake lasso. And he keeps popping back in. And finally he catches them. And they say it's a water moccasin. And he takes them outside. And he, I don't know what he does with him after that. But he has to try to catch the snake out of the toilet. Now, that is a thing of nightmares for me. I don't like snakes. And <laughs> you're very exposed in that position. <laughs> the, the, the only thing scary would be like heights. Like This is like a crazy fear for me. This snake in a toilet. Now, after seeing this video, there are two types of, of fears revolving around a snake in a toilet. One is a fear that there could be a snake in my toilet. And so I'm a little more careful than I was a few days ago whenever I head in there. But that is different than the actual fear of seeing a snake head in your toilet. There could be one and there is one are two very different fears right there could be one and there is one there's two very different fears their fears are based on the same thing but they are miles apart now this is the second kind of fear that shepherds are out in the middle of the night all of a sudden an angel appear and the glory of the Lord shines around. afraid. Why are they afraid? Well of course they're afraid if you're in the middle of the field and there's light and there's an angel you're going to get afraid but why would there be a why would they be so incredibly afraid because isn't it interesting like aren't we usually afraid of the dark and when light comes like aren't we do we usually welcome that why would they not welcome the light of the glory of God that shines in their midst it's more it's it's less than about being just being startled though they certainly were they were afraid because the weight or the glory of God shone around them See, we all are afraid of that. It's the true fear that haunts our dreams, both living and sleeping. Don't we all have a fear of being exposed? I don't mean just physically. I mean, don't we all have a fear? This is all sitting here. This is a safe place, right? Don't we all have a fear of, like, what if everyone in here suddenly knew all my thoughts, all my intentions? All the things that I've done, how much time I spent looking at those videos this week, plus things that are a hundred times worse. Don't we have a a fear that people would know like how I spoke to my wife last night or how I corrected my kid yesterday? Don't we have a fear of of, of being exposed and people knowing just how I view money and how I view myself? my sexuality, my relationships, my friendships. We all have a fear of being exposed and being shown and being known for who we really are. Which is interesting because at the same time we have a fear of being known, don't we have this deep longing to be known and to be loved in return? We have this fear of being known. But yet here, the shepherds, the glory of God, the weight of his holiness and his character all of a sudden shines around about them and they feel that weight pressing into them and that the light is just a picture of them knowing that God is here and he knows everything that I've ever thought or done or imagined. I'm totally, completely exposed. Don't we have a fear of not measuring up? That's what they're experiencing right in that, right now. Not only do they have a fear of of not measuring up, but here they're seeing that they don't. Don't we all have that fear? Don't you have this secret fear at church? Like, don't you have this fear of not being able to measure up to the standard around you? And and that's why like we get jealous of people, don't we? Like. Like you can be in a job for years and years and all of a sudden some young person comes in and, you know, they're a little bit smarter. They know a little bit more about technology than you do. And all of a sudden you start feeling threatened. You have this, you know what that is? That could could be several things, but at the core of it is a fear that I'm not going to be able to measure up. But right here, these shepherds, when God's glory, the weight of his nature and character surrounds them, not only do they have a fear of that, but they know. I don't measure up. I'm totally exposed, and I don't measure up. And then, don't we all have a fear of having to actually pay up? What I mean by that is, don't we have a fear that that I need to make up for the things that I have done to other people around me, and maybe to God Himself, whether you believe in God or not? This. This, in the back of your mind, this kind of feeling that I have to somehow, like, what if I actually had to pay up at some point, and I'm not going to be able to pay up? At this point, totally exposed, knowing they don't measure up, all of a sudden, these shepherds know that they don't have the ability to pay up what they owe God. They were sore, afraid. Then below all that is the sphere that we all have, sphere of death. Like, what happens? Do I just cease being? Or if there is a God, what do I come to him with? How does he view me? What do I come in my hands? And then when you feel the weight of his glory, his nature and character, and all of a sudden you know I'm totally exposed, I don't measure up, I have no ability to pay up, and I'm going to face him. In fact, these shepherds now are facing him right now, and they are sure that they are going to die. We know, how do we know that? Because that's what every single person who meets an angel or a messenger of God throughout Scripture, that's the way they respond. When they see God or to see an angel of God, when they're exposed to a, a glimmer of the glory of God, every single one says, woe to me for I am undone. I am a, as Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. They fall on their face, prostrate, they they they, they, they acknowledge that they don't measure up and they are sure that God is has every right to exact constantly people he just reveals a little nature a little touch of his of his godness to him and peter falls down before him this man who is he's seen he's eat eaten meals with all of a sudden he falls down and he says beef go far from me when we see god for who he really is we all, it is terrible to be fully known and fully measured and feel fully accountable and fully responsible to see the light, the goodness, the power and the majesty of God in comparison, that is terrible, it, undo- it, it undoes you, it undoes you, I don't know, like, it makes you undone. You see, we can hide in Darkness. That's why we like it. We can hide in darkness or somewhat feel hidden in darkness, but we feel that gnawing fear at the edges. What if I'm fully exposed? What if I can't measure up? What if I can't pay up? And what happens in the end? And so what we do is we cloak ourselves in whatever we can find in in that darkness so that it will distract us and hopefully distract God from having to demand of us what he rightfully can demand. We're actually afraid of the light. Afraid of being exposed. Afraid of being known. Afraid of having to pay up. Afraid we don't measure up. And this... Wherever you are in your walk today, a believer, if you're a believer or not a believer, particularly if you're not a believer, this is the route that everyone must go through in order to know Jesus. You must see that the glory of God break into your life and see and experience to some extent the nature and character of God. You must feel that that fear cripple you. Here's, it doesn't just stop there. It's the reason we sing joy to the world at Christmas. The angel shows up and they were filled with great fear in verse 10. And the angel said to them, what? Fear not. Now in itself, that wouldn't mean a whole lot, right? Right? Isn't it just irritating when you're afraid of something and somebody just says, like, hey, don't be afraid. It'll be okay. Like, that doesn't mean anything to you, does it? Don't be afraid. It'll be okay. I do that with Megan and my kids. Like, hey, it's it's okay. Don't think about it. It'll all be all right in the end. That doesn't help anybody any bit. He does not just say, don't be afraid. He says, don't be afraid. Why? For behold or see this I bring you good news of great joy. Behold, I have something for you to see that if you will see it, it will take away all fear. This feeling of fear that is crippling you because God's presence is surrounding you and you know that you are exposed and you are known and you can't pay up and you don't measure up and you're, you're going to face him in the end. This crippling fear that is gripping you right now, if you will have something, if you will see it, if you will see it, if you will behold it, you will take away all fear. Why? Because I have news for you that is news of great joy, like raucous kind of joy, like Clemson won the national championship kind of joy. I have great news of great joy for you. What is that news? First of all, it is that a Savior, a Savior has come to you, a Savior who is Christ the Lord, a Savior. That This is the amazing news, that though we are known and exposed and though we want no part, we hide ourselves and cloak ourselves in darkness, hiding ourselves away from the light of God. Yet here's the good news. God came, a Savior came to save us from that, to save you from yourself, to save you from the decisions that you have made Both by nature and by choice, we are sinners. He came to save. And here's the beautiful thing about that is this beautiful thing is that a Savior to you is born. Verse 11, is born. God is so invested in you in bringing you from your darkness into his light, into changing you into his son or daughter, that he invested himself fully into our condition. God became man. And that Jesus Christ who lived a perfect life and died a substitutionary death for us, rose again and that God-man, 100% God, 100% man, is now seated at the right hand of God a And I don't even know if we can say this, but a human being, a God human being is sitting beside God the Father right now. And that is all the assurance that you need, that though you are exposed and known and can't pay up and can't measure up, and that one day you're going to face him, the good news for you is that he is invested in you, that he knows you and he has made a way for you to be there with him and he's so invested in it that his son is seated at his right hand, 100% God and 100% man at the same time. That You guys should be jumping up and down right now. You should be getting Pentecostal in here and hanging from the rafters. Like, I'm not preaching well, but the message is amazing. You and I are not stuck in our own mess. Whatever you have done, and it may have been incredibly terrible, whatever you have done, the things that haunt you, the things that you know I can't pay up, the things that you were afraid when I mentioned, aren't you afraid of being exposed? You're like, man, if they saw that, I don't know if I could even come back here again. God knew that and God sent his son for you and his son, human being, God is seated at his right hand making intercession. A Savior is born. Don't run past that. That's how invested he is in you. A Savior who is Christ, the anointed one of God sent for you. The Lord. the, The Savior, he didn't just send somebody to help you. The Lord himself came. And the Lord, if you're a believer, the Lord that you serve, that you bow to, that we worship this morning, the, that Lord is a Lord who is all-powerful and all-knowing. It's the scripture says he holds the world together by the, world of his, the word of his power, and yet he is also man, and he knows what it's like to be weak and poor like you and I are by nature. That's a Lord to love. That's a Lord to worship. A Lord who saved us. You know what? He would be worthy of worship if he did not send his son. He's worthy to love because he did. A Savior is born who is Christ, the Lord. But don't, but don't miss this. Because if you miss this, it won't be good news to you. If you miss this, it won't be of great joy to you. Verse 11, for unto you, unto you, unto you, unto you is born a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. He is yours. you are a believer in Christ, he is yours. You are no, there's no second-class Christian. You might think, oh man, these people, they they know the Bible more than I do. They live a better life than I do. Oh, that guy preaches, they sing, they lead a group. Like I'm a second, like I'm barely holding. He was sent unto you. Unto you is born this day. Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And if you behold that, if you see it, it is good enough news to drive away all fear. All fear. If you're a Christian today and you are dealing with fears, like, I don't want to minimize those. They might be legit, like, it could be imagining a snake in the toilet fear, or it could be actually you see the head of the snake in the toilet fear. But you know what? It's the beautiful thing of the Christian life is that because unto you was born a Savior who is Christ the Lord, then you know you're fully known, you're fully exposed, you couldn't pay up, you didn't measure up but Jesus did all of those. And there's nothing there's nothing that can kill you or destroy you because of that. That is joy. That is joyous news. God showed his glory not only in the in the blinding brightness, but he showed his glory in a humble birth, almost embarrassingly opposite of that majestic brightness, it shows us a whole different aspect of God's beauty and His character. And that's why we see angels wonder at this. They announce the birth, and we're going to cover this next week, but just look at it. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Tells us angels wonder at this. It's so amazing and so joyous. My question for you this morning is, do you have this joy? Have you seen that God's glory broke in at Christmas? And have you, have you felt that the fear of, of being exposed and known and not being able to pay up? But have you experienced the joy erupting in your soul and seeing that a Savior, Christ the Lord, has been born unto you? Do you have this joy? If you don't, today can be the day offered to you, like a totally free gift at Christmas, offered to you, free of charge. You couldn't earn it if you wanted to. All it requires is you responding the way the shepherds did, acknowledging God's glory and his perfection, acknowledging your need for a Savior, and confessing him to be Christ, your Lord and Savior. That can happen today. We would love to pray with you before you go. But if you're a Christian here today, what if you're dealing with the fears? What if you haven't felt joy in a long time? Maybe you've been overwhelmed and overcome by fears and doubts. I invite you, there's no special thing to do except just to behold. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Doxa Church.